Hello and welcome to the Inherited Wellness Podcast, a podcast exploring how we can find health and wellness by going back to our roots. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and thank you for joining me today as we discuss a topic that isn't talked about enough, and that topic is our hard. Now, recently in a class that I was in, one of my professors took the opportunity at the very beginning of class to just pause, to set aside for a few minutes the material of that day, and to allow all of us to process our hard, to process the challenging things going on in the world around us, traumatic events, medical conditions, health struggles, and so much more. As my teacher shared some fairly personal things about some challenges she's had, she shared how she was recently writing in her journal, kind of processing the events of the recent past. And she said something that profoundly influenced me. She said, sometimes we don't talk about our hard because our hard is not hard enough. I'll repeat that. Sometimes we don't talk about our hard because our hard is not hard enough. And that saying, that quote, led for the premise of this episode of talking about our hard. Now, it's so easy to look around us and see that others are having a hard time. They're going through challenges, whether it be medical, health, financial, emotional, relationships, so forth. And it's easy for us to think, oh, their challenges are so much more challenging than what I'm dealing with, so I must not be having a hard time. But from what my teacher shared, it gave me the opportunity to reflect on how our hard is hard enough to talk about it, to to process it, to share it. My wife and I have talked at times about motherhood and how there are families with two children and families with eight children and how the mother with eight children must be so much busier and has such a greater capacity. And then I only have a fewer number of children, so I should be able to handle it even though I don't have as many children as somebody else. And something that I've thought about quite often is that everybody is at their 100%. In terms of children, that 100% could be two children or eight children or some other number. In life, that 100% could be in school. It could be staying at home as a mother. It could be working full-time 40, 50, 60 plus hours in a week. Or maybe supporting loved ones as a caregiver or cheerleader or so much more. I've gave me the opportunity to reflect on how in our current culture, we often only post on social media the positive things of our lives, the trips, the vacations, the cool meals that we're eating, and sharing the good when really there's a lot of hard that we don't share, that we don't see other people. I've heard it said, and and I can't remember the attribution, but the advice that we shouldn't judge our worst days against somebody else's best days. I really like the movie Inside Out, and if you haven't had a chance to watch it, it is an animated film that goes into the emotions that are inside a child's brain as they go through really challenging life changes, 
moving across the country, new friends, and so forth. The girl in the story is named Riley, and these humanized emotions are named joy, fear, anger, disgust, and sadness. You have to forgive me for spoiling it if you haven't seen it, but they each have control over this like dashboard in the brain, and whoever's in control, that's the emotion that the individual is feeling. And the movie shows how joy is often expected to be in control. We're often expecting that we're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to have good days. We're supposed to present and show up and be there and be smiling and look good and feel good and everything. And if joy is always at the controls and if joy is the only emotion that we feel, then sadness doesn't have a place. That's all I will share about the plot. I'll let you watch it if you like. But we do need sadness. We do need the chance to talk about our heart and the chance to process difficult things. Sometimes we feel in a health context that our current medical challenges aren't as bad as somebody else's. I've got a sore back, but they have cancer, so they must be going through hard times or other number of examples. And it can be challenging. It can be difficult to have these hard conversations to talk about them. One of the ways that the hard comes up as well is in our families and in our family history. And today I am grateful for the chance to have a wonderful conversation with somebody who has been processing challenging times in their family history. My guest today is a family history enthusiast who is passionate about helping inspire others to connect with their ancestors. And I am so delighted to share this conversation with you with the family history gal, Caitlin Salmon. Today, I am so grateful to be talking with Caitlin Salmon, also known as the family history gal. Caitlin, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. As we get started, would you mind just introducing yourselves, telling us about your background and and how you got into family history? Sure. Um, so again, my name is Caitlin and I am a stay-at-home mom and I have three kids. We live in Washington State and I have always had a passion for family history. Um, I used to be a elementary school teacher so I obviously didn't have much time for that and that was my focus in school but I did take some genealogy classes um, in college and it's just been something that has always been something I've been working on and um, there's a lot of research that we've been able to do in my family especially on my dad's side and just with his family dynamics there was a lot of uh, family members that we just didn't have access to or didn't know who they were. And so it's been really fun to put in the research to figure out who they were, what lives they lived, and, you know, kind of honor and bring them into our lives, even though we didn't really have any interactions with them. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I know you mentioned, I think it was on your website, that you're you're all about like discovering new ways of connecting with your ancestors. Yeah, that's right. What are some of the favorite ways that you've been able to do that? Like the creative things that have just come through your adventure with all this? Sure. I think one of my favorite ways is in the kitchen. So I think that recipes are a fabulous way to honor your ancestors and share them with your family. 
because food's so universal. Everyone loves to eat. And most people actually enjoy the process of making food and especially kids. And it's such an easy way to invite them into the kitchen with you as you're making something and talk about that ancestors or your own memories with that recipe that you're making. Uh, other ways that I did this year was we made like a little tree of ancestors at Christmas time that we put next to our other trees so that our kids could see their names and faces. And another thing that I love to do is to just read about them, read their memoirs and, you know, tell my kids about those stories and stuff like that. And uh, finally, a different thing is I love to find out what their favorite music was. I think music is also another really, you know, universal thing that people love music. And uh, something I've been working on is just making like a playlist, an ancestor playlist of like my grandma's favorite songs, my grandpa's favorite songs, my parents, myself, siblings, and listening to them in the car. And, you know, this is grandpa's favorite song or great grandpa's favorite song and that's that's fun for my kids too that, that is so fun it's very very interactive for everyone in the family right right yeah that's so yeah. cool one of the reasons i found you on instagram or wanted to visit with you is because of some recent posts that you've made relating to that journey that you've been on uh, mm -hmm. discovering your ancestors and some of the more challenging parts of that talking about our heart and and things like mm -hmm. that without going into too much detail, but as much as you feel comfortable, what has that journey been like for you? And what, where has that led you? Well, and this will really go to my dad's side. And I think both my parents' side, ancestors are complicated. There's always going to be ancestors mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, wow, uh, that wasn't a great decision. Or I can't believe that person did that. But especially with my dad's side, uh, I never met my biological grandfather and I, he was never a part of my dad's life. So he didn't have his, his real dad, a part of his life and he was never part of our lives. And so consequently, a lot of that family history wasn't passed down in a way that is usually passed down through like family stories and our interactions with that person. And so you know, just kind of having to navigate that, I think for me and my siblings, recognizing that there's this supposedly important figure in our life that's just not there. Mm -hmm. And um, we did have my grandmother remarried and we did, we did have a wonderful grandpa. He wasn't our biological grandpa and he did fill in those shoes in every way possible and did an amazing job. But there's still that wow, this guy never wanted to even know us or be part of our lives or even be a part of my father's life. And that's his own child. And that that's painful, you know, in, in its own way. And yep. even though it's not something that um, we really miss because we did have someone fill that spot, I recognize that people don't always have people fill in the gaps in terms of ancestors like that. So that's, that's where it started. I had um, been doing more research about him. He was a huge basketball player. There's tons of articles about him from high school and college. And I just kind of took a deep dive into learning more about him. And it just kind of hurt in the process too, because there was so much about this man that I didn't know. And I wish I would have known. And it, it's kind of hard to uncover the truth and, and do it through newspapers. I would have rather just had someone tell me about it, like him and, yeah. and had him in our lives, you know? Yeah. Totally. I think for many people, there's so many different types of 
experiences that their, our ancestors went through, whether it's a divorce, whether it's um, leaving a family, not being part, choosing to, to leave a marriage or, or trauma or abuse, or there's so many different things that we inherit as their posterity. And it's, it is hard to deal with. I've, right. I've been processing some of those things myself over the past years as I've done my family history. And it's, it's, yeah, it's not fun. It's not easy. No. And, it, and it, it, it shows the reality. I think that you, that you've highlighted that we're imperfect people and we descend from imperfect people. Right. What are your thoughts about that? You've, you've shared about that before. Yeah. I recently found this quote, I was writing up something for someone and it just talked about how we were the result of the fabric it's by Belinda Jeffrey. We are the fabric of mistakes and hurts, a family tree of fumbled attempts, successes, and failures. And I think a lot of times when people talk about their family history, it's like this glowing report of, well, this person was amazing and did this, and this person was amazing and did this. And we tend to kind of gloss over that these people were human and that there might have been aspects about them that we're less favorable and we don't often share those things. And I think it's really important to try and, and give a bigger picture than, you know, just what we want to share with people. Um, and especially for like our own posterity, because if we just kind of hold up this mantle or this, you know, you have to reach this high um, to be like this person, it's a lot of pressure on kids and they need to know that they descend from imperfection because they're going to make mistakes. And that's something that's really important to me is to share all those stories so that we realize that we're not trying to be perfect like someone else because they weren't perfect either. Definitely. As you've been going through this journey, have you had the chance to share this with your children and how have they responded to it? So my kids are seven, five, and one. And so mm -hmm. they're still kind of little for me to you know, I, I guess I just haven't really been able to find the moment to tell them about this specific thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing that's been really powerful is to talk to my siblings and to have those conversations about, especially my grandfather. And, you know, we've kind of only known the hard things our whole lives. And to be able to go back and talk about his accomplishments and the things that he was able to do and hopefully for my siblings paint a more rounded picture that, you know, just, he wasn't just all bad. He was a star athlete and he overcame a lot of things. And I was able to find out a lot of it, that information. And I think that's been powerful for at least me and my siblings who've kind of been the most affected for it from, from it. And I think like, as time goes on and my kids get a little bit older, that's definitely something I will share with them. Um, especially as they navigate different circumstances, I can kind of refer back to these stories and, you know, there's lots of things I can use for my ancestors. <laughs> yeah, totally. How has your, as you, as you've gone through exploring, learning, researching about your, these ancestors that have had difficult pasts and, and the untarnished legacy that we, maybe we hope to receive, how has your relationship with that individual changed, even though they are deceased? Um, I'll, I'll share a different ancestor. I have a great, great grandfather, and he 
it's kind of, it's just sad. He went to jail at one point, um, made some really poor decisions, and I, I'm just not sure what kind of father he was either. And um, I had heard those stories growing up, but I also, in my own research, you know, discovered his immigration story and discovered, you know, generations and generations that went on before him and just kind of recognizing the struggle of an immigrant and how hard that was kind of gave me more empathy for him, even though he did make some poor choices and, you know, maybe wasn't the dad he should have been. I can't imagine what it would be like to be in a different country completely alone and mm. in a completely new culture. And so as I found out more about my ancestors and, and painted a more well-rounded picture of them, especially the ones who I may have had negative feelings towards, I've gained empathy and understanding. And that's really healing, uh, especially if you've been personally you know, impacted by some of these decisions that your ancestors have made. Yeah, I think the more we learn about someone in their context and where they're from and, and everything, it, it just, it does paint that bigger picture because we're not just a name on a pedigree chart. We're not just, right. we're not just a profile on social media. Like we're, there's like way more to us and we're so multifaceted as human beings and learning more about that can really shape how we view our ancestors, but also ourselves, I think, as well. Right. Yeah. What, a lot of the, what I've been reading, I've been reading some studies about family history and the impact that it can have on, like, especially younger generations. And just knowing the stories of our ancestors can be a huge boost for our kids and ourselves of just recognizing who we are. And as we kind of navigate those stories of our ancestors, we can say, yeah, that's not something I would do. I would do it this way. And you're able to kind of figure out who you are in that process. And so that's why I think it's so valuable to tell all the stories and to be willing to share them with your kids, even if they're hard to share. Completely agreed. I, I really like that body of research as well that talk about mm -hmm. family narratives. And the more that we know that increases resiliency and decreased anxiety and things like that and, and just helps kind of give clues to stronger threads of health of stability in an individual in a child's life right totally I know we've talked a lot about the painful and the challenging and talking about that and kind of flipping that around is there any times when you've found healing and strength as you've learned about your ancestors yeah, I think lots of healing and strength. Uh, just, I mean, I feel like I could share so many examples of that. One that comes to mind that I've been working on recently. So this is my great-great-grandmother's family. And this is um, the great-grandmother of, or the grandmother of my grandfather. And so we didn't really know anything about them at all. Mm -hmm. And my dad maybe had some interactions with that side of the family, but really didn't um, have much. And I have been spending a lot of time learning about this family. And I have found they came from a really small town in near Escondido, California, and uh, by what was called Lake Wolford. And 
they this little town had a newspaper and they would write everything about what was going on in town I love when you can find a small town like that because it's such a great genealogy tool Mm -hmm. Uh, to just look at the newspapers and I was able to find hundreds of articles about this family and just painted a picture of all their lives and when they got married uh, who they were visiting for the weekend you know just even small things like that some of the more traumatic things that they went through in their lives too and as I found more out about this family I felt like you know, even though I was sad that I didn't know my grandfather and I didn't um, have, you know, the opportunities to hear these stories myself from, you know, a better source than a newspaper, I was so grateful that those stories existed Mm -hmm. still and that they weren't lost because of that fragment in my family. And so that provides some healing because I was just so grateful to have those stories. And, and again, that they weren't, lost the time because really that you're not always guaranteed to have resources and information like that when you're doing a family history project and to have that was such a gift and so healing because it stood the test of time even though you know we didn't have a relationship really with the side of the family definitely you meant you talked about time and i've heard the saying that time heals all wounds and i've also heard the opposite right Um, what's what's your um experience with that I think that it's probably much easier for me to heal my wounds with this situation than maybe like someone closer to it. Like I, I, I can't imagine growing up without a dad, you know, that, mm-hmm. and so I, I often wonder like how hard that was for my father. And, and so sometimes I think that generations heal time, heal, you know, as generations move on. Um, as we're kind of less and less directly impacted by the choices of other people uh, that, you know, we are able to maybe take that step back and paint a different picture of this individual. So I I do think it might be a generation thing. If someone is directly impacted by something that's truly awful, they might never be able to, you know, really come to find a place of honor for that person. Whereas maybe in a different generation, more detached from that pain is able to, you know, spend that time and, and resources to, to paint that picture. And that's okay. Like, I think that that should be accepted. And if there's something that's truly painful in someone's life, don't bring that pain in if you're not ready, you know? And so it could be time, it could be generations, but you're right time could also be our enemy with that too (laughs) as you as you you know think about something and and it builds up inside you but Mm -hmm. that's at least my experiences I think that as generations have gone on that maybe our gift is that we can actually you know process the situation better I love that the healing throughout throughout generations being in the healthcare profession, I was curious if you've had any experience talking about difficult medical topics, or if you there's top things about family members having cancer, other diseases, and how that's affected you, and kind of in the same context of family history, but looking at it in the lens of like diseases and illness and things like that. Yeah, totally. I saw that question, uh, and the person I thought of immediately was my maternal grandmother. And 
I was probably 12 or 13 when she got a diagnosis of Alzheimer's and she's the one who I'm named after and was always just the most lovely creature ever to walk the earth, you know, just the best grandma. And I clearly remember the trip where she got that diagnosis and I was at my aunt's house and just like feeling the weight of that and not really knowing as a 12 year old, like what was going to happen. And, and for those of people who haven't experienced Alzheimer's, it's sometimes a really long and drawn out disease. And it's, you know, I, it's, I was just a, how old was I when she passed away? I was probably like 30, you know, so from being 12 to, or 13 to 30, like that's a long time to know a diagnosis and to watch someone go through that process of that disease. And from a family history perspective, you want, especially with that disease, to preserve whatever you can from her. And um, and that can be challenging, you know, especially when someone's forgetting things or confused. And um, it was just a hard thing to watch. And it was hard to see yourself being forgotten in the eyes of someone that loves you, you know, and even more difficult for my mother who watched her mother, you know, just not really be there anymore. And, um, and my mom's been really good about writing her own memoirs of her mother and just cherishing everything that her mother taught her and instilled in her. And, um, and I guess that's a big takeaway for me that even though we had this devastating diagnosis that, you know, you, you can let those things kind of cripple you or you can, you know, start moving and, and, you know, do what you can to make the most of that situation, especially with preserving, you know, information and things for future generations. My grandfather had a form of dementia, Alzheimer's, another factor in type of dementia. As I saw him go through a similar experience, it was hard because um, yeah. he he is so he was kind of the patriarch of family history in our family, and it was hard to see him fade and to have his memory of of these um, people and events in his life kind of diminish over time and to the point that he wasn't able to have much of a conversation at all even though he's done family history and genealogy like his whole life right Um, so I definitely can relate with that and how how challenging it is but yet I love what you said that we can also use that opportunity to preserve what memories we can and, and to document those things right yeah and that my mom's been really good at, like I said, she wrote that memoir about her mother, but she's also been really good at making these little shadow boxes of like mementos and, you know, just passing on things to us. Like this was this person's and she's, you know, just been really careful about labeling everything. And, um, and, and I, I don't know if Alzheimer's is something that can be inherited generally, like to lower other generations, but if it is, you know, that's something that I should probably be aware of and <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe should start labeling my stuff. But, um, 
but yeah, she, she definitely, and, and I think it's been a form of therapy for her too, to, you know, process everything and writing her thoughts. She's a big drama writer. Um, and, and it's been therapeutic for her. And I think that family history can be therapeutic in a lot of ways. And, uh, especially in this kind of circumstance or, um, you know, dealing with complicated ancestors, just learning about them or preserving them in some way, I, I do think is very therapeutic and good for our souls. I love it. The, not only doing family history, but going, doing family history and also the process of do, of recording our own history, um, right. journaling and talking to other people and other things. It is, yeah, very therapeutic. I love, I yeah, love that. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> the more people need to get into it. <laughs> totally. Is there any, as we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to share? I think the one thing that I would like to share the most, and this is what I've been really um, focusing on the past couple of weeks, especially as I kind of deep dived into my grandfather's life, that, you know, there's the story in the Bible where the woman is caught in adultery and she's brought to Jesus. And I hope that's okay that I'm sharing the story. Ooh. But um, I, we can either be the ones who pick up a stone ourselves and join the people who wanted to stone her, or we could approach it more like Jesus. And I, and I think of that with our ancestors. If your ancestor was kneeling before you, you know, with all the people who had a problem with that person, would you join them with your stone or would you extend mercy to that person and, and that ancestor? And I think that when you do family history, hopefully if you do or you're burdened by stones, that you have against people who have hurt you, hopefully the process will allow you to kind of, you know, be able to give away that weight that you've been carrying around. Hopefully seeing a more well-rounded picture of an individual, or at least finding one good thing about that individual's life can bring some sort of lift to you. Um, I really truly believe that we're not here to judge our ancestors for what they did. We simply do not know what their lives were like. we can learn from them and we can, it's okay to feel pain from them, but I, I really do believe that we're not here to, to judge them in any way and to, you know, pass on stories that are overly critical. I think that there's definitely a balance in your storytelling of your ancestors. And so I just hope that people are able to find ways to honor them and to, to do it in a way that's healing for themselves as well. Beautifully said. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're if, welcome. Any, if anyone wanted to get in touch with you or follow, find you on social media, where, where, and where and how could they do that? So I have an Instagram called Family History Gal and uh, also the website familyhistorygal.com. And I post regularly and just my thoughts about family history, ways to connect with your ancestors and tips and all sorts of stuff related to family history. And they are amazing tips and thoughts. And oh, I appreciate seeing so them in my inbox. So thank you for sharing. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
Thank you so much for joining us today on the Inherited Wellness Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it with a friend. Until next time, be well.